Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. So thanks to everybody in the audience. For anybody who's listening at home, we are doing an audio-only version of Cornering the Market this week. It's going to be out on Friday, the 4th of August, um, because we wanted to try it out live. So no video this time. We'll still have it up on our YouTube, and we'll uh, still have the newsletter coming out with a few extra stories there that we can't fit into this. And obviously, we're going to have some audience questions at the end, so excited for that conversation. And just a little house cleaning at the top. Uh, Jared's 8-Nap Art Mint Pass is releasing next week. We'll, we'll talk about this as well, but uh, it's one of the stories here. But Jared is also the founder of the 8-Nap Art Fund. And so if you're looking for exposure, some managed exposure in your investments to the digital art world, reach out to Jared for that. Um, my, uh, I have also, I'm Aston at Aston Cloud Online, have a premium service, have a couple of our premium members here in the crowd uh, where we have investor-focused content and a private Discord. So if you're interested in managing some of your investments in the digital art world yourself, that is my service to help out with that. So with that out of the way, let's let's kick it off, Jared. What's the, let's do a vibe check. What's the vibe you're feeling out there in the digital art world in the last week? The vibe I've been getting, you know, with a, a high squiggle focus has been uh, a really hot start to the week and then a little bit um, cooling off later. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm liking the amount of sales that's that's occurring. And, and we'll kind of talk about it on, on the notable sales portion. But nothing like crazy monumental. It's not like we had another, you know, four to ten Fidenza sales. But really great to see some of these bigger sales and money coming into the market and from different wallets than we're accustomed to seeing. So I still stand cautiously optimistic, but I'm really, really digging the fact that a lot of collections are getting some love um, and you know people are loosening up the wallets is what it appears. Yeah, I agree. It, it feels a little bit quiet in the discords. Like we, we haven't had a big event like last week. We had the themes and variations release uh, with Vera Molnar, and that that seemed to have folks buzzing. But it does seem like quietly some big players are starting to make some moves. And you know, I mentioned this in the premium episode that I recorded today. But somebody swept up five uh, "Where My Vans Go" by Drifter Shoots, and, and that's on the photography end all pretty much market buys. And I know you're going to talk a little bit about that pipe squiggle that was a market buy. So it, it feels like there's some quiet accumulation going on. Uh, but at least from what I can tell, not a ton of excitement or chatter in the Discord. So uh, good signs, but certainly not like bull market moves. But let's uh, let's go on. Let's talk about some of those sales that you've noticed. Uh, what, what's, uh, what are you seeing on the blue chip gen art side? So at the top, is uh you know the most notable is there's another autoglyph sale for 199 ETH. So I think you're seeing a flight to a narrative, in my opinion, about the autoglyph being the first on chain generative art. You're seeing it uh, really start to have a provenance and a resonance with the, the collectors with deep pockets. So that was really cool to see it um, you know tick off another sale. So you know with the floor at 190, it's 
it's staying strong and it's thinning out. So that that was really encouraging for me to see. And if I if my Twitter memory is correct, it was to a, a newer collector. So again, bringing on new entrants, having exposure, and growing the space. Right, not this zero sum game where we all um, trade amongst one another. So that that was really exciting for me to see, especially with a new entrant. Uh, something you hit on the drifter shoots. I thought that was really awesome to see five of them get swept. They're just absolutely stunning project, and and somebody having conviction. Uh, QQL had like a, a surgence, obviously Machi and his uh, uh, his attention drives things. But you know, two hundred ninety five ETH, a clear outlier for a week, um, and then just really encouraging other parts of it. It kind of falls in line with what we've been talking about, like these great buys. You know, memories saw seven sales. This week, two of which uh, were really awesome. One was a velvet palette for what I would consider a reasonable premium over the floor. And the other was that uh, ink on paper. And I just thought somebody floored it. Really, really amazing piece at the floor. So, uh, And then just kind of generally speaking, good to see strength coming into a couple other projects. You see Harvest going strong with seven sales. Singularity, you know, with six sales. And this is just kind of like validating what we've always talked about. Some of these thin floors, you're seeing moves in these projects uh, at pretty substantial rates. So Harvest saw 24% raise over the last seven days and Singularity at 22%. Not to say it won't come back, but I mean, it. people are uh, starting to to look outside of some of the traditional blue chips and, and really consume what I feel are those premier projects. Yeah, and I think what's particularly interesting about all this is that the to your point about like new folks coming in to buy um it, it feels like some folks who are buying singularity are, are probably not the standard people who have been around over the last what's called the last year uh, I, I remember i bought a singularity when i first joined because i thought this is a really cool collection and uh, also qql machi bringing in more eyeballs i totally agree with you there now, another thing is just the, the buyer profile in general feels like there are new entrants. Uh, so the, those uh, very encouraged to see that. Taking a look at FX hash. So we had one very notable sale, a garden monolith that got, not only did it get floored at 9,000 Tez, they then accepted an offer at 6,000 Tez. So that made up a lot of the volume. Volume was pretty low, I would say. Not too different compared to what we've seen in the past few weeks, but relatively low, primarily focused on some of the OG artists. So, uh, you know, Kinder Garden Monuments had a sale, Charcoal Seeds by Zankan, um, a few Kim Asendorf projects sold. So not a, not a ton over there on the FX hash side. Feels like it's been a little while since folks have been really excited about any new releases there. But slow and steady, blue chips continue to move. We saw a Solace sale at 650 Tezos, uh, very much so offers being accepted these days. And some of these really low collection office offers, excuse me, are being accepted on FX Hash. So I think for folks who are interested in FX Hash work, and you, you could put in some really low offers and you might catch a, a great deal. So, you know, not the same kind of movement I'm seeing yet, or as you were describing, Jared, on the Ethereum side, but... You know, FX hash is probably considered more risky in general, a little further out in the risk curve than than autoglyphs and fidenzas and some of these uh, bigger name collections that you've been noting. And, and of course, one of our favorite big name collections, Chromie Squiggles, 
what is the update in the past week over there? At Chromie Squiggles, it was it was a up week, right? Like I'm pretty open about that. Two hundred fifty seven day ETH is my my line in the sand. And last week was a crazy down week of uh, one hundred and five ETH, and this week we're up to one hundred and four, which ironically averages out to be about that two fifty. Uh, seven day or floor price is ten point five versus ten point five six. So again, really good uh, stability in that floor at the moment. Coincidentally, you're not seeing. This shouldn't come as a surprise. Nine sales last week, twenty-eight this week. So that was very, very positive to see an upswing. And the highlights for this week really, uh, we touched on it. A forty-nine ETH pipe sale. I mean, market buy, only two listed on OpenSea. After that, you know, the rarest type of uh, you know outside the hyper uh, of squiggle, and and it's people are starting to, to collect around this. I, it's really interesting to see the lack of listings and, and the interest of market buys there. We also had one buyer come in early on in the seven day period, pick up, they spent 110 ETH, you know, two slinkies, two fuzzies and two, uh, ribbed. So, and they, and they paid up. What was really cool is they didn't sweep the, uh, the floor pieces. They, they went after things that were aesthetically pleasing. This is one of those more established wallets. Uh, you know, somebody had been consuming a lot of digital art lately, so it's good to see the the diversity outside of just uh, punks and fidenzas. But you know, overall, just looking at the sales, it's you know a lot of conviction plays here, a lot of market buys, and I really noticed uh, Fuzzy's got a little bit of love this week. It's you know, last couple of weeks have been uh, fairly silent, but lots of fuzzies and, and slinkies. So obviously a high. Uh, with 407 day ETH, but it feels good. The last couple of days have been slow, so I'm curious to see if that momentum can persist. Yeah, and one thing I like about people buying non-normal types is it means that they've they've done some research and they looked into it a little bit more. It's it's unlikely to be someone just trying to flip. Um, uh, you know, when I originally started looking at squiggles, I was mostly drawn to the normals, but it's like my my taste evolved over time probably like i hear a lot of beer drinkers i'm not a big beer drinker but they talk about how everyone eventually likes ipas jury's out for me so far but um okay enough of the the bad analogies let's go ahead and jump into some release recaps the only one that i really wanted to touch on today jared and, and we can talk about any others if um if you have anything else that comes up but spaghetti bones by josh bagley which was the latest art blocks curated came out just yesterday and it got down to the resting mint price of 0.12. Actually, it was there for a while, it seems like. 600 pieces, so a little bit larger than the recent curated releases that have come out. Um, the floor is now sitting at 0.15. We have 12% listed, which is you know actually not too bad. I'm curious to hear your thoughts either on this collection or what it's telling us about the market at the moment. Regarding the market, to me, I think it's very positive. I think Josh has, you know, done a lot of it, or not a lot, but has done some previous art blocks releases. So it was cool to see uh, a moment in the sunlight for a curated piece. I think the twelve percent listings, you know, twenty four hours after the the releases, is, is very positive to me. It means when it got down to the resting price, people were buying it because they wanted to enjoy it and not flip it. So that was really encouraging to me. Uh, I, I really do think um, it's a positive thing and you know if anything the the floor price is holding up and it's pretty thin so overall uh i did not purchase any it was not uh I, i'm just heads down with eight nap art i'm almost like numb to 
to buying stuff right now, which is not the best thing to say out loud. But uh, so I did not partake in in collecting. But overall, I, I enjoyed the outputs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of black background, so I, I really like this art. Also, did not collect because I'm heads down focused on collectors' corner, obviously. But um, I think it's it's really interesting to see the releases come out now, tending to mint on the lower end. I think we're seeing more and more things be released at a lower price point, and I think that we're entering kind of like this nice phase where, you know, people can go and collect art that they like at a price that's a lot more reasonable, maybe not feel as rushed. Even themes and variation last week got down to the, the lower end of the minting, right? It got down to about one ether and the floor there or the resting Dutch auction was at 0.75. This got down to the bottom. There's a lot of great art coming out also on, on Alba.art on Prohibition that is, you know, sub 0.1 ETH. And I think it's it's just a nice time to be able to collect. And for the artists out there who are, you know, either in the crowd right now or listening, you know, it's just one of those phases where you can put out great work and start it just, I think it's in some ways less pressure, even though you'd be making less money right now, but uh, you can just get your work out there and people can collect it for the love of the art and, and really start building a relationship with your style and your art. And I think that that's the positive of this phase. And when things are hyped, the positive is you'll make more money. Uh, but these are kind of the yin and the yang that I, I see in the market. So I'm encouraged in seeing a lot of really beautiful art coming out here at, at much more affordable prices. And there's less of a, a scramble and competition to get it. So um, this is indicative of that for me and, and, and happy to see that. And congrats to Josh for selling this out. Uh, and, and of course, the great work and the great collection. Um, any others you want to talk about, Jared, before we jump into some gen art news? Let's move into the Gen Art News, baby. Okay, cool. So the, the first Gen Art News story I wanted to talk about, now, this isn't exactly generative art, but I think it's an interesting Web3 art story. So we've seen the Opepins kind of proliferate. A lot of people have changed their PFPs to Opepins. And the Not Thread Guy, he's, his name is at Not Thread Guy, but his actual name is Thread Guy. Anyways, uh, I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, obviously, someone who writes threads and has a big following, but essentially they created a custom OPEPIN for this person, Jack Butcher did, and then created an open edition for essentially this person, or I, I don't know all the details, but really what is interesting to me about this is effectively with these OPEPINs, it's kind of like, you know, we, we talk a lot about how generative art the code is the art, right? So it's not the individual output that you get, but it's the fact that you get an output from this algorithm that ends up being the art. And uh, what Jack Butcher is doing with these OPEPINs, which is kind of interesting to me, is he's he essentially, when he created this one for the thread guy, he took a bunch of colors that were representative of this thread guy's um, mutant ape and then created the same OPEPIN design, but with those different colors. And what it strikes me is kind of interesting here is that, you know, could we be seeing an experiment of creating generative, uh, a generative design system? So, so the art is the design system itself rather than the algo. And there are some rules for the design system that people can then themselves take and create their own art out of. Um, I don't know if I'm being very articulate here, but it's, it's one level meta rather than the individual piece being the algo or 
or sorry, being the art or the algorithm being the art, it's the design system being the art. Um, in this case, it's more graphic design. It's not code based, but I just thought it was an interesting experiment in where generative art could go and expanding a little bit of the definition of generative art to, you know, being a design system itself. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have a whole, there's actually a website here, twitter.opepify.art, and it says you can opepify your art. So anyways, I, I thought this was a cool story. We'll link to this in our show notes, and it's just more experimentation going on in Web3 art, which I, I think those successful experiments will hit our, our little code-based generative art niche as well. Yeah, I think that the interesting point here for me is that the this is really this movement for Thread Guy started from almost his rejection from the ApeDAO nomination and and the community rallying around the his mutant and somebody just kind of generically said, Hey, I'll trade your mutant for a, a Jack Butcher and it spiraled into the story that you you saw. So I, I really enjoy the the idea of a, a community driven and community supported approach and it's just something that top of mind for me obviously but this one in particular just the, the power of narratives and the power of a community it's it's really invigorating to me yeah absolutely and uh next story which is always a great event for the community is on proof grails four and i'll admit jared i'm not following as closely i don't have a mint pass i know you do it looks like the mints start on august 7th um what what are the details there you know like how long do you have to mint I'm assuming most of the artwork will be out by then. And are there any of these that you are particularly drawn to, um, you know, or thinking about minting with your pass? Yeah. So the, the way it works is the art will be dribbled out over the coming week. It will all be visible by the time you're able to mint. Obviously there's a lot of speculation. Uh, and for anybody who's not familiar with it, the there's 20 pieces of art. The artist names are not revealed. So, what I really enjoy about this is I get my family together, we pick a piece of art together, and we mint it purely on the aesthetics rather than the uh, the perceived value. I mean, there's one that was clearly like deaf beef last season, and I, as much as my heart wanted to own a deaf beef, my four-year-old son's opinion uh, was governing. But overall, I think that uh, it's a really cool. Uh, I, I like it because it's it's fun to participate. It's fun to to look at art for art and not uh, have any of these preconceived notions. So this year in particular, you know, regarding the generative, you know, there's 14 editions, three generative, uh, I'll call it pieces of art with 150, 150 outputs each. And then uh, three different series with, with varying different approaches. And, and all of it's pretty clear. You can click into each of the details. It's just proof.xyz slash grail slash season dash four. And overall, I mean, to answer your question, there's one that is just like really, really like captivating to me. It's the word doom with a lot of O's scrolling up in a very erratic fashion. It's almost like a doom scrolling. It just, to me, it's a funny, uh, funny commentary on the space. Um, and that is grail number four for anybody who's interested um, but overall, I think that there's a, there's some really intriguing dynamics, you know, there's, there was like, you know, last season, Harvey was called out about his and then he denied it as part of the game. So 
it's just it, it feels like it's a very engaging thing for the community. It's a fun Discord channel with improved to follow. Do you think that Doom scrolling one might be X copy? You know, the craziest thing is who knows, but I think I'm gonna mint it anyways, uh, just because it's the one that like it makes me smile every time I look at it. What if uh, what if your kids don't want to mint it and then it ends up being X copy? Oh, the good news with it being eight seven, it's the day before my the eight and a half art launch, so I don't even know if it's gonna be family curated this time. I'm just gonna be absolute stress basket. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, um, thanks for the rundown there and X copy I mentioned because I don't think he's actually done a, a release of Grails yet. Um, I, I may be mistaken there, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't. One he hasn't, all. and there's no repeats this year, so it's kind of a bummer because you know there's a couple in the past that you know, especially on the gen art side that I adore. So, but overall, new all new artists, all twenty are new to the to the Grail system, which is intriguing. There's been a lot of speculation about some traditional artists coming in, so or artists from more of the traditional art space. There's one that I think is Rope, so or, it's, or at least it's clearly AI. So I don't know. It's exciting to speculate. Yeah, absolutely. Will be cool to see. All right, then let's do some great art at great prices. The first one here you wanted to bring up. Yeah, in honor of you know Grailer's drop, I uh, wanted to highlight their first collaboration, which was with MJ Lindell and the Project Impasto. I, I just really enjoy MJ Lindell's work in general, and there's a really I, I think attractive entry point. There's 269 pieces to the collection. Floor is currently in 0.179 ETH. And there's some really beautiful ones um, in there. And again, just re-highlighting it because, again, if you like MJ Lindell's work, you know, 0.17, call it 0.18 entry point, just very, very attractive. And ironically, I think it's a very much overlooked collection. And it, uh, I think it's somewhat more cost-effective than some of his FX hash work, which is is not the norm, but... You know, if you're if you enjoy his style, it's an it's an awesome awesome project that I, I absolutely love. Yeah, it's great work, and also Grailer's DAO. There's a lot of art collectors in there, so it's it's something that will have attention come back to it just through the community, um, which is always nice. Um, I let uh, let me go next. I'm gonna skip ahead. We go back to your next one, but I wanted to bring up Ceramics by Charlotte Dan. It's an art blocks curated released a few months back, and uh, it's sort of its only collection out there so far. Three hundred pieces, point one seven, well, point one six nine, as the floor price, and I just really like it as as art, honestly. And she did a fantastic job of making these things look like true ceramics that you could hold. Um, no generative ceramics yet, unfortunately. I, I hope uh, that comes in the future, but uh, it's one of the cheapest art blocks curated that you could own right now. So I wanted to call that one out. Yeah, last great art at great prices. I always find a way to to butcher names, but El Inefable Momento. It's by Marcelo Soria Rodriguez. I'm a big fan of Marcelo. I think he does amazing work. And I bring this one up because it a it has a special place in my heart. My my wife bought me one. I think she actually has the all time sale, which is kind of funny that she just bought one she liked. Uh, and ended up setting the all-time high on the collection, but it's got a special place in my heart. It's a 1,200-piece collection with 120 Tez floor, and I really dig a lot of the outputs. There's a great variety, a great 
level of inclusions. And just overall, um, I think you could scroll through it. The floor is pretty thick. You can scroll through and find some really great pieces or at least uh, a couple that resonate with you. I'm, I'm just scrolling right now and absolutely love it. Might go pick up some from my personal wallet here pretty soon. But yeah, these, these are just absolutely beautiful to me. Love Marcelo's work and figured uh, for 120 tests, roughly 100 USD. You know, really, really great art. Fantastic choice. Let's move on to some uh, exciting upcoming drops. I'm going to embarrass you and kick it off. I mentioned earlier, 8NAP Art Mint Pass next Tuesday, 8-8. have to be on the allow list, but you can DM Jared here if you're interested. Uh, this is a new platform that's launching and will be focusing on allowing collectors to really engage with the art and supporting artists and helping them get to the next level in their career with all sorts of different support services that relate to both career and life, community building, marketing, et cetera. Um, Jared, anything uh, that you want to say about the Mint or potentially getting on the allow list? Uh, if, if you're interested, shoot me a DM on the allow list. We're almost at capacity right now. I just opened up a, another pre-Mint this morning, so they're, they're going fast, which is really, really encouraging. There's only going to be 200 passes total. 150 this go around and then later on the the next the last 50 will be released but really just uh trying to pick up where some of the pioneers uh leave off you know i see jordan in the crowd and you know i think that the what prohibition art blocks fx hash what they're doing is not my target it's really to to take the established artists and help accelerate their careers into the next tier uh, and through a number number of different services, so really looking at this as an art accelerator or an artist accelerator. So really applaud all the hard work that's been done, and I wouldn't be able to have this opportunity if it weren't for all of the people before me. So just humbled. Um, the past does guarantee mints and access to some IRL stuff. Got some really really amazing events planned, but. Again, until some of the artists uh, are revealed, which is not going to happen for a couple of weeks, you know, I'm not going to uh, expose too much. But if you believe in the space, you believe in uh, supporting uh, the artists and 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 what we're trying to do to help the community, I would love to have your support and love to talk to you. So, thanks, Aston, for the just for the the platform here. Yeah, absolutely. And we did a Twitter Spaces on this a couple of weeks back. That's been published on our podcast. <laughs> has uh, some more details there and uh, apologies for all the barking in the background uh the next release that we wanted to talk about is the folds by Rudoxane. i believe is how the artist's name is pronounced um Rudoxane is releasing 400 pieces next tuesday also um with grayler's dow and, uh, you know, it's it's actually uh, a little bit hard to find all of the details, but I believe it's minting at 0.18 ETH. And there are going to be some folks in the community who are on that allow list, and then, then it'll open up to, to the public. And so uh, this is Grailer's second release. Really exciting to see it come together. I'm actually a big Redixane fan. Redixane is interestingly one of the artists that has crossed over from FX Hash has a really great release on a uh, verse called Hypnagogic and is also has the very first generative collection on Bitcoin ordinals. 
um, which is called Ordinal Chains. There's only 10 of those. So um, really interesting artist. Uh, I love the work. And uh, again, we mentioned Grailers Dow earlier. So this is one that I think is, is certainly going to have a, a following behind it, given the, the size of the Dow and the amount of art collectors that are in it. It, and it's beautiful work. You know, some of the community curated pieces are just really showing up to be, uh, in my opinion, some some bangers. So really, uh, I'd say keep an eye out on it for it. You know, up and coming artist, I would say, with a, a proven track record, a great community, could be a, a lot of synergy there. I, I really, really dig some of the outputs. Yeah, absolutely. Art's really cool. He's a great generative artist, really great variety of the outputs that I've seen so far. And I believe it's the first 10 that are going to be curated, and then the rest will be randomized based on the mint. Let's uh, let's round it out with a couple artists to highlight. I wanted to just start with Zanken. I'm just continuously impressed by the dominance that Zanken has on the FX hash side. I mean, every single week it's it's his collections at the top and not only the, the number one usually, but also number three and number four or, you know, rounding through the top five, you see Zanken's name everywhere. And it just, I think, speaks a little bit to how much his art has resonated with folks and to some extent the power law dynamics that we see in, in this space. But um, you know, most folks here know about Zankan, but wanted to give a little reminder. And uh, he, he's got a lot of work out there too, not in a negative way, but there, he's got work out there for folks at different price points. So if you like the aesthetic, uh, there's definitely something that's going to be affordable for you. And I'd encourage folks to check him out. And last on the artist to highlight, uh, I wanted to bring to light William Upon. Not that he needs much of an introduction, but been really enjoying a lot of the he's been teasing out some outputs uh, i like to say aston and i have our theories about where this is going to show up but we're gonna wait and, and see for official announcements but overall i think that uh they're absolutely beautiful his ability to combine palettes and uh we'll call it uh generative realism it's just absolutely stunning and just because i always like to drop in some tidbits one of the things that I'm always tracking is the, you know, William's first long-form generative project, Dragons on FX Hash, and just the ratio uh, in USD of a dragon to an anti-cyclone. And for me, there is an attractive uh, entry point with the dragons sitting at roughly 4,000 USD and an anti-cyclone at 12,000. So I think some of the dragons at the floor are absolutely stunning. Uh, just something to be mindful of, especially with uh, potentially some of his his work coming to the forefront. I'd be curious to see how that affects, uh, you know, other other projects that he's associated with. But William, looking forward to your next project. You know, keep us posted, man. Keep dribbling that art out. Yeah, he's he's just continuously experimenting. It's awesome to see, and some of the stuff he does. It's like I don't know how he does it with code. I hear other generative artists say, I don't know how he does it with code. So it makes me feel better about my lack of knowledge there. Uh, but that is the show, folks. So uh, we'd love to open it up to the audience. Anybody wants to hop on stage and have any questions or comments, or anything you want to chat about, we, uh, we're here. Anything we missed, any hot takes that, uh, that you think should be discussed, 
And if anything, just I'm curious to hear people's vibes. Like, what are you seeing out there? Do we have it spot on? Or, uh, or all of y'all at work and, and just listening passively, which I can respect also. Yes, that, that is often the case. Oh, here we go. Luke, let me add you up here. Hey, Luke, thanks for coming up. Hey, guys. Uh, enjoy- Sorry, I, I hit the wrong button trying to get somebody else up, Luke, if you want to unmute yourself. Hey, how's it going? Phenomenal. Um, I, I just, uh, there's a project that was on my radar. I wasn't sure if you guys were following it. Um, from, uh, I think Adam Genlight is his handle on Twitter. Um, he, he was behind, um, folded faces and the fundamental dispute, but he's got like a, another gen art project coming out. Um, uh, I think I forget what it's called, uh, dream of Libby, I think, or something. Um, but it's like generative castles kind of on a hill and, uh, it's something I really like. I like the outputs that I've seen so far, but uh, just not sure if you guys had heard about it. I actually think I just saw this one. Who's releasing it? I think I have an idea. I just don't want to make a, a wrong assumption. The the artist? No, 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 the platform. Oh, I'm, I'm not actually sure. I don't think he shared many details yet. Um, I thought it might have been himself, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong there. So I just started seeing some of these outputs come out. I honestly haven't spent a ton of time researching it, but uh, from what I did see, the variety looked really, you know, appropriate for for what it was. What drew yeah. you to it, just out of curiosity, Luke? Um, I I tend to like some of the generative stuff that's like mimicking like physical, like real world stuff. Um, I just think it's really cool how you can get a variety of outputs that still kind of all come together and you can like tell what they are, um, but they don't get like boring. Um, so, and again, I, I know there's, everyone has their taste. Some people prefer more abstract stuff, but um, I just think it's pretty interesting. There's not t- as many people, I think, doing uh, generative art that like mimics physical stuff in the, in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually have been DMing with um, Adam Genlight. He mentioned he was working on something. Um, hadn't realized that he was uh, tripping out some outputs now. I just took a look at his Twitter. They look really cool. It almost has like a, like a medieval feel, like generative castles. Um, not not quite uh, like completely realistic, maybe a little like, um, a little like hand-drawn or sketched a little bit. Uh, but... It, it seems very cool. We'll keep an eye on that one. Um, love to see these artists experimenting and sharing and, and seeing different views. And, and to your point, Luke, about uh, things that mimic real life structures, uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, there was a, a verse exhibition a month or so ago about generative architecture. And I've seen a few releases. There's one by Loacne. I don't know how you pronounce their name, but that came out on FX Hash recently that was also like generative architecture. So really, uh, that's a cool one. Thanks for pointing that one out. Yeah, thanks for the space. And uh, I enjoy the the newsletter as well. So uh, keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, And uh, as we're seeing if anybody else has any other comments or thoughts, uh, you know, maybe we'll put out the question to other folks. Like, 
what is the vibe that you are feeling out there? I mean, we, we are not in every single community, so be curious to hear if anyone wants to share what what vibe they have. And uh, oh, let me get Wayne up here too. Hey, Wayne, how's it going? Hey, guys. Ask them, Jared. Uh, I did connect with Jared earlier this week uh, to talk about eight nap and just catch up, and that that was a good time. Uh. What I would mention, Good combo, man. what I wanted to ask about specifically is the presence of what I'll call institutions like Glitch Gallery. And I'm a little biased because I love the guys behind Glitch Gallery, the club currency guys like Derek and Steven. Um, they recently came out with their new monthly exhibit for August, highlighting Terraform's Math Castles project. Um, I assume they're going to do exhibits in the future that are like the more standard gender of art blue chips like we talked about. Like I can't wait for them to do their squiggles exhibit. Um, but maybe if you guys could speak to the importance of, of institutions like that, like, like that force you to zoom out, they're trying to put things in more of a historical context and this type of long form writing that really rises above the day to day market movements and noise that like we tend to get wrapped up in and talk about all the time. I personally, similar to you, I really enjoy uh, the gentleman over at club plus currency. I like, like what they're doing, honestly. And, and glitch, you know, is uh for anybody who may not be familiar is a gallery in Marfa, which Marfa being the home of art blocks you know, they don't sell anything. So it's purely there for education and onboarding, which I absolutely adore. And then again, for reference, that Math Castles one that you referenced is open for Mint for, I think it's like 0.02 ETH. So what I like about it is you're getting exposure. There's a low barrier to entry and it's really about onboarding and education. I really, really, I, like, I thought there was a great spaces that they did about the the last edition, which was the the punks one featuring Snowfro's punk. And what I like about it in particular is because Derek and everybody are so connected, they're able to bring together a really great group group of people. And on that spaces that they had, it was just so awesome to be able to hear from and, and the collective experiences from such a wide variety of early punk holders. So I agree with you. I think it's very positive that they're doing. I think just taking a step back so it's not just about glitch and institutions in general. I'm really fascinated with how all these different institutions are doing it at different ways. And what I really appreciate is how people are being authentic to their own approach, whether it's 6529, Cosimo, LACMA, uh, even, you know, LC's in the in the in the crowd here like I believe, you know, the Cactoid Labs is doing some amazing work also. And I just think that these are going to be some of the stewards that help expand our space and to come full circle. What Glitch is doing, I absolutely support 100%. It feels uh, very, very selfless and, and more about onboarding and education than a, than a cash grab. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think that they're doing it in a really interesting like web three native way as well uh and so what they've been doing is they for folks who are not familiar every month they are releasing a poster that is a tribute to 
what they believe is an important part of the generative art world. And they seem pretty, well, I guess not completely focused on generative art, Web3 art. So the first one was about Xcopy. The second one was Claire Silver. Third one, Punks, that Jared is referenced. And the fourth one this month was about Terraforms. And I think what's, uh, to, to your point, Wayne, they're doing a really good job framing this in the long term. Where does this all go? What does this all look like? Um, and I think that's, they're also tying it really well back to art history. And that's something that, that we need, right? And I think drawing those analogies, those historical analogies, is incredibly useful and educates us at the same time and puts what's happening in in real time into the broader context of art history. And I think that is something that few people are in a great position to do. Um, Jared mentioned Cactoid Labs. They're also doing that wonderfully. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a really great service to have that out in the space. And, uh, you know, throwing out the collectibles, doing the Web3 thing, people are trying to build full sets. Uh, so <laughs> it feels like a really nice crossover between both worlds. I love the commentary from you guys. And then if anyone's going to Marfa for Art Blocks weekend next month, uh, myself included, I know I'm going to make an intentional effort to get over to Glitch. Um, and then you see whatever yeah, the September exhibit is. And they have a beautiful Danvis screen in there. And you can even see the live stream on their website, which I don't think it's as much traffic as the Twitter presence they have. But there's a live stream of uh, the actual piece on the beautiful Danvis display. Were you at Marfa last year? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. You, you, will, uh, you will definitely be going to Glitch. <laughs> it's, it's like a five minute walk from the art blocks gallery art blocks house and there's basically nothing else web three in marfa so like when we were there last year we were basically bouncing back and forth between glitch and art blocks that's so great were you at the uh the 100 proof episode that was held in, uh in glitch we were <sighs> yeah J jared and i were front row there. baby front row dude that's, that's so nice boys. That's right. So hopefully we'll, we'll get something like that again this year. Um, I, I think there'll probably be a little bit more programming this year, I gotta imagine. But um, in some ways, it's nice that it's a, a down market. It won't be crowded because it felt like Marfa was almost at capacity. It's just, it's just a really small town. Any announcements you want to make about Marfa, P? Not to put you on the spot. Well, uh, no, nothing to announce yet. We want to do like a collector's corner meetup out there and uh, literally just started discussing it today. So no details at the moment, but it may be, you know, maybe we'll get some actual event space or maybe it'll just be like an informal meetup at Marfa Burrito one morning. We'll, we will see, but definitely want to get folks together or who made the track and just chat about all things generative art, digital art. Cool. Anybody else have any thoughts? Um, and uh, while we're waiting, uh, Jared, maybe we want to talk about Winds of Yawanawa. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, kind of like an interesting release that's going on here. I know you, you texted me about it. What, what are your thoughts? I'm following it closely. I'm mad that I didn't pull the trigger on the... Uh on the, the last round of, of mints. But for for context, 
and everybody's reference. I'm not 100% up on all the details, but my recollection, somebody please feel free to correct me, including you, Aston, is that it's from Rafiq. It's a thousand output project, and the the passes are being released in different series or different, I'll call it staunches for 2,500 USDC each. So I'm a huge Rafiq fan. Anybody who went to see his live exhibit at the MoMA, I think that you can see that uh, like it's absolutely next level work. And it's just something I'm following because it's going to get dribbled out uh, over a series of months. And, you know, I think that, um, well, I should say, actually, I don't think, a Rafiq one-on-one is out of the grasp of the majority of people in general, let alone in the space. So getting some exposure to Rafiq uh, and being able to get a unique one of one of X. I'm curious to see what the total breadth of the outputs are overall, but the being able to to have some exposure to a Rafiq, and again, one of one of X, it just it's really intriguing to me. It's a project I'm starting to follow very closely. I find the art mesmerizing and beautiful uh, on a number of different fronts. So, um, yeah, it's it's just something I I'm really really excited by. And then, I, unbeknownst to me, I, I wouldn't have known this unless you you texted me about it. But you know, the the secondary action has just uh, absolutely shot up. So, uh, decent financial play, but more than that, I, I think there's a somebody else ironically DM me earlier about it and was asking if this could be. The next Fidenza or Ringer. I think that's a a big bar to set for it. But when you look at Rafiq, you look at a long form project. There's something very attractive about it, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, like you shouldn't be upset about not minting something that costs twenty five hundred dollars. Right? That that's well over an ether, like one point two five ether. That's that's a lot of money for most people and not knowing what the price action would look like at the time there's roughly around 500 of the thousand set minted and it doesn't reveal until september 30th so there's a lot of reasons i think to to be you know thinking maybe you could get one cheaper on secondary um or just be hesitant to to spend that kind of money in general, I, I think for most people that it puts it squarely into the investment category rather than just buying it for fun category. Uh, and then there's other assessments that come up. Rafiq doesn't have too many one of one of ends, uh, meaning you know collections that where each piece is unique. He actually doesn't have as much work as as you would think, but he's a huge name in the space, right? I mean, he's got the exhibition at the MoMA. His work was displayed at the, I forget if it was like the Oscars or the Emmys, but one of these big award shows, his art was on display in the background of the stage. And so he's really made some significant inroads into the traditional world or like outside of Web3, let's call it. And as we saw last week with Themes and Variations by Vera Molnar, uh, people really value that. Um, with Winds of Yawanawa, it was kind of a, a strange thing where it was minting really slow and then all of a sudden minted out and then it was only like five or six sales on secondary there's not that many listed but uh, a bunch of sales happened and all of a sudden the floor price in secondary was like 2.9 ETH and, and now everyone wants one type of a thing uh, you know I'm always like a little bit hesitant with art that where I don't know what it looks like 
uh, like I mentioned, they're unrevealed. So, so far, 521 out of the 1,000 have been minted. The next round of these happens on August 30th. Hopped in his Discord, um, and they're kind of like creating an allow list for this. And so, so we'll see what happens. It seems like a good financial play at the moment where you could buy one uh, at, for, for less, for like half of what the secondary price is. So, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see what they look like. Honestly, that this is always a challenge for me. Um, but, uh, you know, my biggest worry about these is what is a, a thousand piece. Uh, you know, will they all really feel unique? Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to overthink this. I think the, the fact that it's a Rafik and it's a unique Rafik probably means that it ends up doing well, at least from a, an investment standpoint. And hard to say what the art looks like. I've been trying to find good images of it, but all I've found so far are the, the unrevealed uh, image, which is still looks pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. So. I, I think that there's something unique about the thousand piece that can create a community that can rally around it. Uh, I'm, I'm very bullish on it, you know, just for like a reference, you know, in the spirit of, you know, mentioning proof again, proof did, uh, Rafiq was one of the artists I want to say in season two or three, don't quote me. It's one of those two seasons. I just can't say with confidence, which one, but the floor on it's like 2.2 ETH, not a lot of sales, but, you know, some down in the, the 1 to 1.5 area. So, you know, I think that that is a, a barometer for, for kind of where you want to to look at. I don't know. I think that a Rafiq piece, especially if you can get in or at the 2,500 USDC market, it feels like it's a, a good a good entry point. I, and I think that there could be some level of fanaticism. We've seen it um, with the recent... Sotheby's release, you know, when people start rallying behind it in awareness and connective and to the story and the art, uh, I think it it's a very interesting play to me. It's one that I'm following very closely. Yeah, for sure. Although I, I will, <laughs> my skeptical brain tells me that they're less connected to the story and the art and more connected to the idea that uh, this is a piece that could be institutionalized and therefore they can make money on it. But that's that's my skeptical take on that. To, to take it with a grain of salt. Um, cool. Well, does uh, anybody else have any other questions or thoughts, or just want to chat about some art that you liked? If uh, if not, we can uh, we can plan to wrap it up. Um, one one thing I'll throw out there, since we've seen a couple of squiggle PFPs, uh, of course, Jared, you you being one of them. Squiggles, it's it's getting real thin, man. Like you mentioned in the show that there's only two or three pipes listed. I can't remember. There's only five bowls listed. Like it feels like it's extremely thin right now. Um, especially once you get past the the same few near the floor that that tend to be kind of recycled. Yeah, I mean it's something I track pretty closely. I think what's intriguing is this week you saw a lot of. Uh, buyers come in and and buy those non-standard floors, so that was very encouraging to me. Uh, and these, you know, just based on the wallets that I've been stocking, they they appear to be more diamond-handed. Um, and I think for me, though, it's, what's really interesting though is that uh, the floor seems to be holding up around that ten point five, and it's a pretty thin floor into eleven, and it gets thick around that uh, twelve to fifteen. So I don't foresee it like having a crazy run up unless there's just like some mad rush for uh, buying squiggles. But I think 
what you're starting to see is things that we're seeing in other smaller collections is some of these, I'll call it grail level pieces are uh, getting locked up, you know, and, and they, there will be little to, to no accessibility to them. So, yeah, I mean, it's very encouraging. It, it's very nerve wracking for me to think that uh, a pipe <laughs> may not be available when I, when I want to go get one, or at least not at a price that I I'd, I'd like, but Luckily, you have yours all locked up. Um, but yeah, I think overall squiggles are a good barometer of generative art. They're, they're leading the pack for seven-day volume most weeks. And I think, um, you know, people have a deep resonance with Eric, his mission, and, and art blocks. And, and that's that's very meaningful to, to complement the squiggle. Yeah, absolutely. And... I, we stopped reporting on it weekly, but friendship bracelets are also extremely thin, something like 4% or slightly less than 4% listed of those, uh, including Blur. And uh, I mean, who knows? Probably one of these weeks we're going to talk about bl how Blur firing has come to art blocks, and that'll be, that'll be a whole other thing. But um, yeah, but thanks everybody for tuning in. If you got here this far, we really appreciate you. Um, please uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Um, check out the, the newsletter. There's a few extra stories in there. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jared's got 8 art coming out. I have Collector's Corner Premium if you want some more investor-focused content in that community. And we really appreciate you all. And thanks for the great questions. This was a lot of fun. And give us some feedback, right? Like we're, we're experimenting too. Traditionally, this is pre-recorded, so you don't hear any of the dog noises or kids in the background. Uh, but we really wanted to to create touch points with the art with the artists and the community, and you know experiment a little bit. So if this is something you liked, let us know. If there's something we can improve upon, let us know. We're here for you. We want to bring you guys value. So please, please, please feel free to to drop us a note. Whatever we can do to help. Hundred percent. Well, thanks, Jared. It's fun as always. Thanks to everybody who was here. Thanks for all the questions. We appreciate you all, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have, so please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.